Hello, My Name Is is a, is a sermon series that's designed to help us understand if we have been saved, if we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, then, then we, have, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away, and he has given us a brand new identity in Christ. Amen? And as we have this new identity in Christ, that I love that Matthew West song, uh, Hello, My Name Is, because it tells us, it reminds us that some of us came out of a, a, a place of anxiety, a, a place of, of uh, depression. Some of us have come out of anger or addiction. Some of us have come out of or are being called out of those places. And our new identity is found in Christ. But if you're a part of Christ, then that means that you're a part of the church. Amen? And we, we're delighted that you're a part of this church this morning. But what I want to let you know is if you're a part of the church, that means that you have a mission that has been engrafted into the very DNA of who you are. And that's what this sermon series is all about. The fourfold mission of the church. All right, the fourfold mission of the church. You were created to be a part of this church, to be a worshiper, to be filled with compassion for the lost and the dying, to be a disciple of Christ, and to be an evangelist. Some people may think that you were created and, and redeemed, but that's not your spiritual gifts. Can I kindly tell you this morning that those that were just listed, they're not spiritual gifts at all. That's not what spiritual gifts are. As Christians, we have a mission in front of us to be those four things to a lost and dying world. Those are the things that God has put into our hearts as a church that will win the lost, that will see a community come into revival, that will make our church come alive with his power. And that's what we're after. That's what we want. That's what we desire as each individual believer. But as today we move into our conversation about worship, I, I feel like I want to set, some, set the background, help you understand what worship is all about. Anybody have Spotify in here? Anybody Spotify? Okay. Any Pandora? I'm talking about the free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about, how, about, uh, how about a radio? Anybody have a radio? <laughs> That's radio, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to explain to some students about the, the dial on a radio that where you tune in and it, whoop, right over their head. And like, Pastor John, it's a button. You press it. It goes to the radio station. No, it's a dial. Anyway, we... We love to listen to what we call worship music. But it's only our modern culture that has tried to reframe what worship is all about. You see, worship is not simply a genre of music that we listen to along with our country and our rock and roll and our, our rap, God help you. <laughs> there is an altar. <laughs> worship is something more than that. It's more than the music we listen to. Worship is more than when we, when we walk out of here with a, with a guitar in our hand and begin to sing. That, that, is a, that is worship, but it's more than that. 
It's more than an experiential time that we have on a Sunday morning to lift our hands and lift our voices. Yes, that's a part of worship, but there's more to worship than that. And if we can put that in, down into who we are, then we'll grow closer to Christ because he'll accept our worship. Today, I wanna, I wanna help you understand that worship is about a posture and a position of our heart to him. As a matter of fact, 188 times, even more than that, worship is, unto the Lord is described in the Bible, at least in the King James Version. And the word worship is actually one word that in the English that we use to try to describe three different uses in biblical text. Those biblical uses are as follows, and please forgive me, I'm gonna to have to look at my notes because it's really important that you understand the exact and specific worship here. It's, it, it, watch this, it says, hold on, I jumped a page. <laughs> to make low, bow, prostrate, fall down, reverence and worship. Another use is prostrate, pay homage, and finally, to kiss, fawn, crouch, prostrate, bow, reverence, and honor. And as you see those things come alive in Scripture, you realize that never once was the word music used. Hmm. N never once did it say, start by turning the radio on and dimming the lights. You understand? What worship is all about is a position of the heart before the Lord. Now, I want everybody here to, to understand my heart whenever I say this. We, we have lights and we have a beautiful worship band and, and we, have, we have an awesome sound system. We have a, a room that is specifically designed with all the angliture and all the sound panels to facilitate us uh, having a musical expression of our worship, which is in a key and integral part of who we are as Christians, to worship God with enthusiasm, to worship God with music, with singing of, ha singing of hands, <laughs> raising of hands, with voices lifted singing, to kneel, to bend, to bow, to come to the altar. But it helps to facilitate these things. These things in and of themselves are, is not worship. But if they facilitate the attitude of the heart, the attitude of the heart, that is worship. So if you'd open your Bibles with me to Nehemiah, starting in chapter five, or excuse me, starting in chapter eight, in verse five, we're gonna to come to a passage of scripture that I wanna focus on today. And what you'll see is in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is a historical record of Jerusalem being reset up after the captivity of Babylon. And as it's being reset up, they established that worship once again. And, and Ezra, the prophet, stood before the people. And what you're gonna see is one of the greatest worship experiences ever recorded throughout scripture. You're gonna see the reestablishment of worship in the body of God. Now, a couple of things that I wanna point out to you before we, before we read the text is that worship, first of all, is according to the word of God. 
when we read the word of God, it will begin to position our heart correctly for worship. There was a preparation made in all of this. Praises, or another way of saying that was thanksgiving of heart was a response of the people. And finally, a position physical in this case of worship happened as people bowed down. So if we read Nehemiah chapter eight, starting in verse five, it says, it says, Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, that's the word of God, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, amen, and amen. That means so be it. As they lifted their hands, then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. As we continue our conversation, we have to understand that it, worship is about the positioning of our heart. In other words, it's about the right motives, the right attitude, and the right place here that we come to the Lord. In order to help us to facilitate this conversation, I've invited some guests with me this morning. I have Pastor Henry, our worship pastor, Jolinda Ross, one of our worship team members, and also Lori Freeman, our worship team member, and our administrative assistant at Christ Legacy. Would you give them a warm round of applause? Man, I am so excited to begin this conversation. As you guys probably knew, this was a little bit different setup with the couches. I probably shouldn't have explained that right up front, but I wanna have this, this awesome conversation with you guys because you guys are really good at worship. <laughs> Amen? They really are good at worship. So I wanna start out right now with just an opportunity for us to share a little bit of our, of our church background and our worship background. Um, I'm gonna give each one of you about 30 seconds to share with us. I'm gonna go first and then we'll go around, okay? So um, I, I was born basically in a church. Um, uh, I, I remember from the earliest of age, ages playing with cars underneath the pews. It was Assembly of God Church. My, my uh, pastor at that time, my grandfather, granddad, you were pastor at Roswell uh, Central Assembly of God. And I remember even worshiping at that time. It was Assembly of God Church. It is Pentecostal. So that was kind of my church background. I don't have really a whole lot of musical ability. I'm up. Okay. I was probably right behind you. I think I may have been born in the church too. So, um, but... I, uh, I'm from a small town, Toller, Texas, and um, I started playing drums on the worship team at age 11. They didn't have a drummer at the time, and so that's, that's kind of where it all began for me. And um, just always in church, always involved in worship, and that's just my heart. Uh, I am from California, and I was also raised on the... <laughs> Uh, the underneath of the, the pew, and yes, it was a pew at the, that time. Uh, and I started leading worship for our uh, youth at 11. 
and I was the last of six. I could hit the high notes, so they made me lead. So uh, that's how I learned. And then when I was uh, 20, the Lord said, it's time, and I became a worship leader. So I was a worship leader for 28 years. And uh, then I came here and said, I don't want to be a worship leader. I just want to be a grandma. And uh, I walked in the door. And I fell in love with the church, and, um, and I would rather be a secretary than a worship leader. <laughs> I was um, born in a small town here in Oklahoma called Wetumpka, and um, I, my earliest memories are being in church under the pews and, you know, asleep on the pews um, sometimes. <laughs> um, but I feel like I've been singing as long as I can remember. Um, we didn't have praise teams you know, kind of back in the day, it was more, um, you have a special for us. You know, we kind of sing specials. But then um, just as I grew, I went to college on a, a musical scholarship and um, then just eventually been here for 14 years, almost 15. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I want to get a sense of who we're talking to today. So this is going to require a little bit of audience participation. I want to find out what your background is. So if you are, if you were kind of same story, kind of born and raised in the church and and it was, a, let's say, a Pentecostal church experience. Would you just raise your hand for us so we can look around? Okay. All right. All right. A lot of chandelier swinging in here. All right. Uh, if you know, you know. Okay. Um, if you were, uh, you know, a member of a church, maybe you grew up in church, but it wasn't from a Pentecostal background, would you raise your hand? All right. Wow. Lots of people. Okay. All right. Go ahead and put your hand up. All right. Now, if you did not grow up in church and this is kind of all new to you and maybe you're surprised that you accidentally came to a, a Pentecostal <laughs> church this morning, raise your hand. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Well, we're glad to see each and every one of you. And and as such, I think it's going to be important in our conversation recognize that we all come from different places in our spiritual walk and different backgrounds. And that's going to play an important role in, in our discussion about what's appropriate worship and, and why do we worship the way that we do. And, and, and uh, it, sh it shapes our culture and our response to Christ. So um, let's find out uh, from you guys, uh, have you ever participated in a Jericho march? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Anybody out there participate in a Jericho march? If you know, you know. If you're saying, what's a Jericho march? You haven't done it. <laughs> you haven't done it. I did have that question in because I just wanted to find out. Okay. Um, Pastor Henry, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us, I know you told us a little bit about your calling, but can you go a little bit deeper about what you're calling into ministry and specifically as a worship pastor? What did that look like? Yeah. Um, it's probably a good thing I didn't go into, well, I don't have time to go into great detail, but... I will say this, um, I, I felt the call at age 15, um, and, but I didn't feel qualified, I'll say that. I, I started playing keys at 15, uh, that's piano, and um, I started working full-time job at 15 and doing school, I was homeschooled, and uh, I got married at a young age. I actually got married a month before I turned 18 yeah, I knew there'd be some wows. <laughs> We're on year 24. So very, very proud of that. Um, 
But I didn't actually fully surrender to the call of my life till around the age of 20. I had, uh, at 18, I joined a Christian alternative band playing drums. And I thought that's, that's what I do is fun. You know, just, I was getting to be a Christian, be a musician and play and it was awesome. Um, but God really started tugging at my heart. And then uh, my wife also was confirming that. And then also this confirmation of the word. And um, so I finally surrendered and I've done a lot of learning and growing uh, with the help of my teammates and team members and mentors. And, um, but I will say this, if, if you feel called to something, don't run, seek out, uh, seek some wisdom in that and, and get in touch with some people that maybe they do that. And so you could get some uh, counsel from them as well. But worship, man. I can't keep going. I'm just going to take up too much of your time. That's all right. You know, praise God for, for people that are called into the ministry for a specific purpose and a reason that can help lead us in the right direction for worship. So we appreciate you, Pastor Henry. Um, Jolena, tell us about a time when worship brought you through something really tough in your life. Many of you know, and if you don't, um, I was diagnosed with cancer um, the COVID year, because why not, right? Uh, it was in July of 2020, and um, worship music has always, it's just always been there in my life. And, um, and I can turn on a song, and it takes me to where I need to be. Um, but during that time, I had um, two surgeries, and chemo for six months and um and it is I went through it with a breeze I mean compared to a lot of people and I'm thankful that God only thinks I'm that strong <laughs> but um during that time I would have um many of you send me a, a worship song and I made a playlist and um when I was in the hospitals by myself because nobody could go in with me for four or five days um if I got discouraged I would turn on music and God um used people to bless me um, that way. And um, at one time, well, two different times, I had people that didn't even know each other send me the same song one day. And um, that got me through some rough times. Um, but I know that um, how much God loves me, right? And um, how much he loved me through other people. And he's still doing so. And I was provided so much grace to be able to still, even when um, it was hard to, I was exhausted, but I knew that my place was here because that's where I needed to be. And that's where I got my healing, my, my, my mind and my soul healing. Boy, that's a powerful testimony. We appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that. I, and I, I think it's important to point out here that, that for her, Worship put her in the right frame of mind to understand or be reminded of the promises that she has of God, that she can overcome these situations and, and the cancer that was coming in your life. But, but worship is also a corporate expression. Amen? Did you catch that? That worship was a corporate expression that as people, other people of God participated in worship, they were able to bless and encourage her with their worship through a text message, through a, through a visit, through, a, through just encouragement. That's powerful that we don't worship just alone. We also worship together. But I wanna, I wanna ask Lori, Lori, tell us about the difference because you've been a worship leader before. What's the difference between our onstage worship, if you will, 
and our worship alone. What's the difference? Can you and talk, talk about that? Just take it wherever you want to go. So years ago, I read a book called Worship is a Verb. And to me, it's, it's living, it's breathing, it's, it's running, it's walking, it's serving, it's encouraging. The word says encourage one another. It's a way of life. It is not up on the platform. I love to sing. I'll, we'll sing all day long. But it's what happens while you sing. It's what happens when you worship. It's what happens when you surrender. When you go, okay, God, I'm here. Seven days ago, I was here. I was in this building. But things have happened this week. So, God, I'm coming here again. You said rest in me. So I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to stand, Lord. I'm going to stand and watch this woman sing from the bottom of her heart in massive pain, can't feel her feet, can't feel her hands, but she was worshiping because that's who she is. I have seen people walk in the door that don't feel like worshiping, who are angry at God, but you got in your car and you came anyway. That's a sacrifice, sacrifice. That is sacrifice. We bring a sacrifice. I have a song for everything. It's surrender. It's a way of life. Um, you know, if it's okay, I feed everybody. I'm a food pusher. And uh, anybody that knows me well, come on a Wednesday night. Trust me, I, I love food. But as I was praying and asking the Lord, um, Give me something that they can relate to. So here it is. The word says, come and eat and drink. I am the fruit of the spirit. I am the way of life. And when you come, and it doesn't even have to be in through those doors. When you go to your bedroom, you close, you get in your prayer closet. God, I come. I come, feed me, Lord. I need your spirit. I need to drink of the living water today. Touch my soul, refresh my soul. How good is it to have a good drink glass, a glass of water, cold on a hot day? Well, your problems can be something pretty hot, right? But when you stand in the presence of the Lord and soak in what he has for you, there is, that's worship. That's worship. We want to encourage one another. We want to say, thank God. Thank God that we can. Because someday we may not be able to. I'm sorry. I refrain. I'm going to tag onto that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to tag onto that. So she, she said something about um, as you worship what God does for you. And there's no doubt that when you surrender and you bring that sacrifice of praise that God will do things for you. He's going to bless you. He can heal you. But I want to remind everybody that worship, it's, it's not all about that. What it's about. What it's about. <laughs> Okay, 
when we worship, it's a response to what he, who he is. Come on. It's a response to what he did on that cross. When I stand up here and I, I'm trying to encourage everybody to go after God, it's not for me. You're not, you're not lifting your hands and you're not clapping. You're not doing that for me. You're doing that as unto the Lord. You, we have to get in the right frame of mind. And that's why I always, when I have a chance to say things to you, I always try to encourage you to worship throughout your week. Worship, worship when it's hard, right? And then when you come in on Sunday, and it's still hard, it's gonna be hard because life, life is not easy, and we know that. But you come in and you already know what we're gonna do. We're gonna come together corporately to give him glory and honor and praise. And he is gonna just begin to do a work in you. So from now on, just come, when you don't wanna lift your hand because you don't feel like it, lift your hand because that's the sacrifice. Come on, that's good. Because of who he is and what he has done. And this place is gonna explode. I promise you, if we can do that corporately together, this place will explode. Man, I, I think it's such a good word because Everybody needs to know that worship is about being Christ-centered, not self-centered. Did you, did you catch that? Christ-centered, not self-centered. So if our worship is about what God can do for us, then we've already started off on the wrong foot. But when we focus it in on what Christ, who Christ is, what he's done for us, and the very characteristic nature of who God is, then we're starting off in the right place. When we lift up our hands, the Bible tells us to lift up holy hands. When we lift up our hands, it's an act of surrender, almost as if somebody came in with, with a gun and say, stick them up. You say, you, you say, okay, I, I surrender. Whatever you want, I'll do. Now, God is a gentleman. Jesus doesn't come in with a gun and say, stick them up, although he deserves all the glory, he deserves all the praise, he deserves all of our surrender. He doesn't make you, he doesn't require you. But when we freely and willfully lift our hands and allow our heart to be in a position of surrender, which means removing each and every uh, ego and each and every uh, ounce of pride within us, then God is gonna do something great and wonderful in the lives and the hearts of his people, don't you agree? Come on. And I feel like just like with anything with God, when we um, worship through our tithe, when we worship through service, yes. he's worthy of that. Like we do that anyway, but who gets the blessing? We get the blessing because mm. he, he's faithful to us. And so when we're worshiping, he's going to meet us where we are. When we tithe, he's going to be faithful, right? And so I, um, it, it's what he deserves, but we get the blessing every time Amen. we get the blessing. And that, that is a powerful word. And I, I, want, I want Christ's legacy to be a place where when people walk in, worship is a characteristic nature of who we are. When people walk into our, our service, I want them to be overwhelmed with a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving unto God. That, that they are blown away at our exuberant worship. Now, many of you... Uh, I know may not have come from a, a place of uh, Pentecostal worship, okay? Some, some of us don't have that in our background. That's not our cultural reflection of our thanks. But I, I think it's important to understand that, that 
Worship that is genuinely received by God is our response to who he is and what he's done for us. So that means that if a person comes down and kneels at the altars and they have a right position of heart, it's received well from God. That means if, if somebody's lifting their hands or singing out loud, it's received by God. It means that if somebody falls on the floor and face down and just praying out loud, that's received by God, as long as the position of heart is correct. That also means that when you're driving down the street <laughs> and you got your hands at 10 and 2 and you got, you're ugly crying, okay? And you're still watching because we love you and we want you to come back next week. But the Lord is moving on your heart. That's worship that is received well by God. So as an education to us and as an understanding of us, here at Christ's Legacy, we're not going to judge you based on, the, based on how you worship, okay? You can worship standing still. You can worship face down, face up, facing forward. No matter how you face, as long as your heart is facing Jesus, that's the kind of attitude of praise that we're going to have at Christ's Legacy. Amen? Amen. 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 Uh, you know... I, I'm, I am so excited, um, but I, I want to ask you this. Tell us about non-musical worship. Somebody tell us about that. Who wants to do that? You, you, you touched on a little bit with ties and with preparation. What, what, what else? What else do we want to say about it? You're asking musicians. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything I do, is it's just, and obviously, I, I mean, I build things. I, I I don't know if I'd call myself a craftsman, but I built things I all the time uh, with my hands. And so anything that I do, I try to give God the glory in and through everything. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter that you don't play an instrument or you don't consider yourself a vocalist. Just just praising. What praising. if you consider yourself a vocalist, but nobody else considers yourself a vocalist? Praising. Oh, okay. Praising. <laughs> <Whew>. Praise the Lord. <laughs> You know, I, I think it's so important that we understand that praise is a part of who we are. Praise doesn't always end in tears, does it? Well, what's a, what's a time? You know, we have worship and praise. What, what is a time where praise is a celebration for who he is? Come on, Lori. Sorry. Um, you know how when you get really mad <laughs> and then a song comes on the radio that goes, uh-oh, I've made a mistake. Or someone has been healed. And you think of that person. Sorry, I'm really weepy today. There's joy in the morning. There's joy in sorrow. There's joy in joy. And it doesn't matter what you do. That's what the point of this whole service. It's giving God the glory no matter what. Amen. No matter what. No matter your frame of mind. No matter what you're going through. 
no matter what you're fighting, your family's falling apart. I know it's not the question, sorry. But Preach the point, it. But the point is, when you surrender and you give that sacrifice of praise, joy will come. I promise you, joy will come. I've been through a lot of sorrow, been through a lot of death, but I've had a lot of parties. Mine usually start in the kitchen. <laughs> we do a lot of dancing in the kitchen. Serving you hot dogs is my joy. I get in the car and I rejoice on the way home. I may be really tired. How many of you feel really tired sometimes? Sometimes. But you get in the lone spot. You get in your closet. You hug your husband. You hug your wife. You hug your friend. And you rejoice together because you've made it through. That builds courage. That builds courage. The last few years I took care of my mom. She was, she had a stroke. Three and a half years took care of mom. I've never in my life experienced anything like that. And I know a lot of you people out there have taken care of your parents, taking care of your husband, taking care of your wife, taking care of your children. But when you lay your head on the pillow that night, and you hear she's singing in the air monitor. I've done a good job for you, God, today. It might have been hard, but I rejoice in you for what you're going to do tomorrow. But tonight I'm going to rejoice in you because I've been through. You've made it another day. I know that there are many of you. We learn more in our trial than we do in our joys, in our joyous times. Do we not? The older I get, the more I. And then when you look at your grandchildren, kids don't care. Your kids don't. Who cares? You're gonna survive, right? But that's what God does to us. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. I'm here, just surrender. Would you stand with me all over this place? Joy is not something that we simply do. It's who we are as people of God. Whether you're joining us online and you're sitting there and you're watching your, your computer screen or your, you have your phone out, you can worship with us. If you're here in the house of God this morning, you can worship with us because no matter where you are or what you're doing, you can position your heart in a right way to worship God. This morning, worship with everything that you have and everything that you are and joy will come in the morning. Amen.